Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Part 14, Picture Writing In those days, said Hiawatha, Lo, how all things fade and perish! From the memory of the old men pass away the great traditions, the achievements of the warriors, the adventures of the hunters, all the wisdom of the Medas, all the craft of the Wabinos, all the marvelous dreams and visions of the Jossakids, the prophets. Great men die and are forgotten. Wise men speak. Their words of wisdom perish in the ears that hear them. Do not reach the generations that, as yet unborn, are waiting in the great mysterious darkness of the speechless days that shall be. On the grave posts of our fathers are no signs, no figures painted. Who are in those graves we know not, only know they are our fathers. Of what kith they are and kindred, from what old ancestral totem, be it eagle, bear, or beaver, they descended, this we know not. Only know they are our fathers. Face to face we speak together, but we cannot speak when absent, cannot send our voices from us to the friends that dwell afar off, cannot send a secret message, but the bearer learns our secret, may pervert it, may betray it, may reveal it unto others. Thus said Hiawatha, walking in the solitary forest, pondering, musing in the forest, on the welfare of his people. From his pouch he took his colors, took his paints of different colors, on the smooth bark of a birch tree painted many shapes and figures, wonderful and mystic figures, and each figure had a meaning, each some word or thought suggested. Gichimanito the Mighty, he the master of life, was painted as an egg, with points projecting to the four winds of the heavens. Everywhere is the Great Spirit, was the meaning of this symbol. Michimanito the Mighty, he the dreadful spirit of evil, as a serpent was depicted, as Kenabik, the great serpent. Very crafty, very cunning, is the creeping spirit of evil, was the meaning of this symbol. Life and death he drew as circles. Life was white, but death was darkened. Sun and moon and stars he painted, man and beast and fish and reptile, forests, mountains, lakes, and rivers. For the earth he drew a straight line, for the sky a bow above it. White the space between for daytime, filled with little stars for nighttime. On the left a point for sunrise, on the right a point for sunset. On the top a point for noontide, and for rain and cloudy weather waving lines descending from it. Footprints pointing towards a wigwam were a sign of invitation, were a sign of guests assembling. Bloody hands with palms uplifted were a symbol of destruction, were a hostile sign and symbol. All these things did Hiawatha show unto his wandering people, and interpreted their meaning. And he said, Behold, your grave posts have no mark, no sign nor symbol. Go and paint them all with figures, each one with its household symbol, with its own ancestral totem, so that those who follow after may distinguish them and know them. And they painted on the grave posts, on the graves yet unforgotten, each his own ancestral totem, each the symbol of his household, figures of the bear and reindeer, of the turtle, crane, and beaver, 
each inverted as a token that the owner was departed, that the chief who bore the symbol lay beneath in dust and ashes. And the Jossakids, the prophets, the Wabinos, the magicians, and the medicine men, the Medas, painted upon bark and deerskin figures for the songs they chanted, for each song a separate symbol, figures mystical and awful, figures strange and brightly colored, and each figure had its meaning, each some magic song suggested. The Great Spirit, the Creator, flashing light through all the heaven. The Great Serpent, the Kenabik, with his bloody crest erected, creeping, looking into heaven. In the sky the sun that listens, and the moon eclipsed and dying. Owl and eagle, crane and henhawk, and the cormorant, bird of magic. Headless men that walk the heavens, bodies lying pierced with arrows, bloody hands of death uplifted. Flags on graves, and great war captains grasping both the earth and heaven. Such as these the shapes they painted on the birch bark and the deerskin. Songs of war and songs of hunting. Songs of medicine and of magic. All were written in these figures, for each figure had its meaning, and its separate song recorded. Nor forgotten was the love song, the most subtle of all medicines, the most potent spell of magic. Dangerous more than war or hunting. Thus the love song was recorded, symbol, and interpretation. First a human figure standing, painted in the brightest scarlet. Tis the lover, the musician, and the meaning is, My painting makes me powerful over others. Then the figure seated, singing, playing on a drum of magic. And the interpretation? Listen, tis my voice you hear, my singing. Then the same red figure seated in the shelter of a wigwam, and the meaning of the symbol? I will come and sit beside you in the mystery of my passion. Then two figures, man and woman, standing hand in hand together with their hands so clasped together that they seemed in one united. And the words thus represented are, I see your heart within you, and your cheeks are red with blushes. Next the maiden on an island, in the center of an island, and the song this shape suggested was, Though you were at a distance, were upon some far-off island, such the spell I cast upon you, such the magic power of passion, I could straightway draw you to me. Then the figure of the maiden sleeping, and the lover near her, whispering to her in her slumbers, saying, Though you were far from me, in the land of sleep and silence, still the voice of love would reach you. And the last of all the figures was a heart within a circle, drawn within a magic circle, and the image had this meaning. Naked lies your heart before me, to your naked heart, I whisper. Thus it was that Hiawatha in his wisdom taught the people all the mysteries of painting, all the art of picture writing, on the smooth bark of the birch tree on the white skin of the reindeer, on the grave posts of the village. The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Part 15 Hiawatha's Lamentation In those days the evil spirits, all the manitos of mischief, fearing Hiawatha's wisdom and his love for Chibiabos, Jealous of their faithful friendship and their noble words and actions, made at length a league against them, to molest them and destroy them. Hiawatha, wise and wary, often said to Chibiabos, 
O my brother, do not leave me, lest the evil spirits harm you. Chibiabos, young and heedless, laughing shook his coal-black tresses, answered ever sweet and childlike, Do not fear for me, O brother, harm and evil come not near me. Once when Peboan the winter, roofed with ice the big sea water, when the snowflakes whirling downward hissed among the withered oak leaves, changed the pine trees into wigwams, covered all the earth with silence. Armed with arrows, shod with snowshoes, heeding not his brother's warning, fearing not the evil spirits, forth to hunt the deer with antlers, all alone went Chibiabos. Right across the big sea water sprang with speed the deer before him. With the wind and snow he followed, o'er the treacherous ice he followed, wild with all the fierce commotion and the rapture of the hunting. But beneath the evil spirits lay an ambush waiting for him, broke the treacherous ice beneath him, dragged him downward to the bottom, buried in the sand his body, Unktahi, the god of water. He, the god of the Dakotas, drowned him in the deep abysses of the lake of Gichigumi. From the headlands Hiawatha sent forth such a wail of anguish, such a fearful lamentation that the bison paused to listen, and the wolves howled from the prairies, and the thunder in the distance starting answered Baimwawa. Then his face with black he painted, with his robe his head he covered, in his wigwam sat lamenting. Seven long weeks he sat lamenting, uttering still this moan of sorrow. He is dead, the sweet musician. He, the sweetest of all singers. He has gone from us forever. He has moved a little nearer to the master of all music, to the master of all singing. O oh, my brother, Chibiabos. And the melancholy fir trees waved their dark green fans above him, waved their purple cones above him, sighing with him to console him, mingling with his lamentation their complaining, their lamenting. Came the spring, and all the forests looked in vain for Chibiabos. Sighed the rivulet, Siboisha, sighed the rushes in the meadow. From the treetops sang the bluebird, sang the bluebird, the Oaisa. Chibiabos, Chibiabos, he is dead, the sweet musician. From the wigwam sang the robin, sang the robin, the Opichi. Chibiabos, Chibiabos, he is dead, the sweetest singer. And at night through all the forest went the whippoorwill complaining. Wailing went the Wawanaisa. Chibiabos, Chibiabos, he is dead, the sweet musician, he the sweetest of all singers. Then the medicine men, the Medas, the magicians, the Wabinos, and the Jasakids, the prophets, came to visit Hiawatha, built a sacred lodge beside him to appease him, to console him, walked in silent grave procession bearing each a pouch of healing. Skin of beaver, lynx or otter, filled with magic roots and simples, filled with very potent medicines. When he heard their steps approaching, Hiawatha ceased lamenting, called no more on Chibiabos. Naught he questioned, naught he answered, but his mournful head uncovered. From his face the morning colors washed he slowly and in silence. Slowly and in silence followed onward to the sacred wigwam. There a magic drink they gave him, made of Nama Wusk the spearmint, and Wabino Wusk the arrow, roots of power and herbs of healing, beat their drums and shook their rattles, chanted singly and in chorus mystic songs like these they chanted. 
I myself, myself behold me. Tis the great gray eagle talking. Come, ye white crows, come and hear him. The loud-speaking thunder helps me. All the unseen spirits help me. I can hear their voices calling all around the sky, I hear them. I can blow you strong, my brother. I can heal you, Hiawatha. Hi-o-ha, replied the chorus. Way-ha-way, the mystic chorus. Friends of mine are all the serpents. Hear me shake my skin of henhawk. Mong, the white loon, I can kill him. I can shoot your heart and kill it. I can blow you strong, my brother. I can heal you, Hiawatha. Hi-o-ha, replied the chorus. Way-ha-way, the mystic chorus. I myself, myself the prophet, when I speak the wigwam trembles, shakes the sacred lodge with terror, hands unseen begin to shake it. When I walk the sky I tread on, bends and makes a noise beneath me. I can blow you strong, my brother. Rise and speak, O Hiawatha. Hi-o-ha, replied the chorus. Way-ha-way, the mystic chorus. Then they shook their medicine pouches o'er the head of Hiawatha, danced their medicine dance around him, and upstarting, wild and haggard, like a man from dreams awakened, he was healed of all his madness. As the clouds are swept from heaven, straightway from his brain departed all his moody melancholy. As the ice is swept from rivers, straightway from his heart departed all his sorrow and affliction. Then they summoned Chibiabos from his grave beneath the waters. From the sands of Gichigumi summoned Hiawatha's brother, and so mighty was the magic of that cry and invocation, that he heard it as he lay there underneath the big sea water. From the sand he rose and listened, heard the music and the singing, came, obedient to the summons, to the doorway of the wigwam, but to enter they forbade him. Through a chink a coal they gave him, through the door a burning firebrand. Ruler in the land of spirits, ruler o'er the dead, they made him, telling him a fire to kindle for all those that died thereafter. Campfires for their night encampments, on their solitary journey to the kingdom of Ponema, to the land of the hereafter. From the village of his childhood, from the homes of those who knew him, passing silent through the forest, like a smoke wreath wafted sideways, slowly vanished Chibiabus. Where he passed, the branches moved not. Where he trod, the grasses bent not. And the fallen leaves of last year made no sound beneath his footstep. Four whole days he journeyed onward down the pathway of the dead men. On the dead man strawberry feasted. Crossed the melancholy river. On the swinging log he crossed it. Came unto the lake of silver. In the stone canoe was carried to the islands of the blessed, to the land of ghosts and shadows. On that journey, moving slowly, many weary spirits saw he, panting under heavy burdens, laden with war clubs, bows and arrows, robes of fur and pots and kettles, and with food that friends had given for that solitary journey. Ay, why do the living, said they, lay such heavy burdens on us? Better were it to go naked, better were it to go fasting, than to bear such heavy burdens on our long and weary journey. Forth then issued Hiawatha, wandered eastward, wandered westward, teaching men the use of simples and the antidotes for poisons, and the cure of all diseases. Thus was first made known to mortals all the mystery of Medamin, 
all the sacred art of healing. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>